is the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Oman. Welcome everyone to uh, episode 31 this week of the Business of Reselling podcast. I want to lighten things up a little bit this week um, by doing a little top five list. I know these are kind of fun, um, but I thought maybe um, just mixing in some content and uh, telling you about some of our funny and silly experiences at yard sales and sourcing might be a good idea for this week. Um, Before we get started, there's a couple of things that I want to tell you about. Um, The first one is uh, my appearance on the Get Thrifty podcast, which is a podcast put together by ARC Thrift Stores. They're a big um, thrift store chain in Colorado. Um, I was honored to be their guest, and the episode will be published uh, today, August 22nd. So I've linked that in the show notes. Um, If you want to hear a bit about my story about scaling up, um, we talk about all kinds of silly things in that episode, and and we talk about five ways that you can uh, scale up your business and things to do. So um, you'll probably like that. It's also another top five list. Um, I have to take a minute to uh, just talk about the crazy and scary wildfire situation in British Columbia here and in the Northwest Territories. I have had a hard time working the last week or so just um, trying to process everything that is going on. If you're not in the BC or Northwest Territories region or if you're outside of Canada, You may not have heard everything that is going on, um, but we have really historically um, terrible situations going on with wildfires right now. And they're threatening and burning communities where I have friends, where I have people that I care about, um, where I have visited, where I have lived. And, you know, it was hard enough to process what happened in Lahaina and the staggering loss of life in that place. Um, I have been to Lahaina and I loved my visit there. And I'm so devastated for what happened. And before it was even possible to begin to process that, all of a sudden BC was on fire too. And Northwest Territories was on fire too. They have evacuated the entire capital city of Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories, which is about 22,000 people. Um, they now don't think that the fire will get there, but just the fact that they had to put together the resources to do this, um, because the threat was so real is just an unbelievable thing to even think about. And we do have a good friend up there and feel for her and everything that they're going through in the community. And then at the same time, we have this fire in Kelowna and I have several friends who live in Kelowna and I used to live in Kelowna. That fire is, those fires, I should say, there's several of them, are right in the city, like in the municipality. And we're not talking about a little hamlet here. Kelowna probably has, that region probably has 200,000 people living in it now. They've evacuated, I don't know, what is it? It's it's over 10%, I think, of the population. Um, So far, nobody I know has lost any property, but um, all of my, you know, everyone I know is like housing an evacuee or have friends and family who have evacuated. And um, that one of those fires is burning like just a couple kilometers from where I used to live. It's so crazy. And then the shoe swap, which is um, a region that I've always loved to visit. And we were just vacationing there last September. The North Shoe Swap is one of my favorite places in BC to go. And I love the community there. And it's like, I mean, it looks like from the news, it's about half gone. And 
Uh, so it's been really tough the last little while to um, just push forward and to just in- enjoy myself, I guess. It, there's like this weird feeling of guilt because we're very safe here on the coast. I mean, I like to think we are anyway. And um, and I'm really, um, my heart is really going out to, you know, not just the people that I know, but, uh, you know, to the whole populations in those communities. And those are not the only ones that are evacuating, that are um, facing fires right now. It's it's really terrifying. So I have made a donation um, to help some of these um, wildfire relief efforts. And I've put a link in the show notes if you are interested in helping out some of those organizations as well. Um, I have a link to Canada Helps, which has compiled a list of different charities that are responding to the British Columbia wildfires. Uh, I have myself have chosen to donate um, to the Shoe Swap Community Foundation's Emergency Response Fund. Um, I tend to donate to smaller organizations. That's just my preference. Um, so that's what I've done. But there's a whole list there if you want to support any of those relief organizations and funds that are going to help uh, the people and the animals that have been displaced by what's going on. Um, it's a tough situation that maybe seems like the worst of it is over, but you can't help but think, um, what is next year going to be like? And is this just how we are going to live now? Um, just fireproofing everything and always wondering which community will be next. So um, it's hard. And I had to take a few minutes to just acknowledge that and what's going on and and just share my thoughts about it. And for those of you who uh, aren't from around these parts where I am and, and don't know, um, you should know it's, it's, it's a big deal and it's, and it's hard. Um, so, uh, I, I'm going to move on from that. And that's one of the reasons that I kind of wanted to keep this episode light. Um, hopefully just a little bit of relief from everything that's going on. Um, and it was also kind of inspired by my recent frustration with yard sale sourcing. Um, you, if you know me, you know, I don't source at thrift stores. I will absolutely not do it. And I'm thinking that I might have to add yard sales to the list of places that I will not source because this has been the worst year for yard sale sourcing in Vancouver um, ever. I mean, I don't know, COVID killed the yard sale or the just the culture around here has changed or something, but they are just awful. So I thought, well, you know, I can sit here and complain about it. Um, and I'm going to work on solutions, obviously, to find sourcing in other places and in other ways. But it made me think about what are the most annoying things about these yard sales. And I thought I will compile this top five list of the most annoying types of people who host yard sales. Now, we can also do another top five list of the most annoying people who go to yard sales. And maybe that'll be an episode for the future. But I've been so frustrated with these yard sales lately. Um, so this is how I'm getting out my frustration. So me and Johan started thinking about some of the reasons why this is happening. Um, and we came up with these sort of five themes with yard sales that can make them super annoying to source at. Okay. So number one, and this one just comes up over and over again, especially where we live, is that millionaire trying to get top dollar for that, for their stuff. You know, the person they're living in a literal mansion that's like four stories and there's a Cadillac and a Range Rover in the driveway. Um, they're, you know, they bought their kid a Corvette for his 16th birthday and they put out a bunch of stuff for a yard sale. Cause they think this would be a really cute thing to do on their block. And they want 80% of retail for everything that they're selling. Uh, 
or they've just sold their house, which they've just sold for like $3 million. Oh, no, $8 million, $12 million. And they're nickel and diming their way through this yard sale to make a few hundred dollars when they're literally about to, um, you know, make like millions of dollars on the sale of the home that they bought 35 years ago when it was a tenth of the price. And these people will brag at their yard sale that their house sold over asking price in three days. And it just grates on my nerves so much. This person uh, does not understand the marketing concepts of product, price, promotion, and place, which I discussed in great detail in episode 29. So go back to that if you want to hear more on sort of the principles of marketing that apply to the reselling business. These people often have very good products um, and their price they're trying to make their price reflect the quality of their products, but what they are missing is the promotion and place details of their marketing. Because you know, and I know, that when you're going to a yard sale, you expect a bargain. And somebody who has put a bunch of cardboard signs up on telephone poles all over their neighborhoods, you expect low prices when you see that type of advertising. And so it's annoying when you get there and then you can't find a deal. Look, it doesn't even have to be a deal for resellers. And I understand that not everyone hosting a yard sale wants to cater to resellers. That's absolutely fine. But if you paid, you know, $1,200 for your bicycle in 2004 and you're trying to get $900 today, like, let's just walk this back a little bit. The expectation is not going to meet the reality. So the millionaires are the ones who drive me the most crazy. Number two, the no early birds person who lets in all the early birds. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You see the ad for the yard sale. You see the pictures. Oh, boy, this sale looks amazing. It starts at 9 o'clock in the morning, and they have no early birds all over their advertising. So you get there at 8.45 thinking, okay, I'll just wait outside the gate for a few minutes. And you get there, and you find out 15 people have already been through the house and picked over all the good stuff. Urgh, this drives me nuts. Um, when we have our yard sales, we don't put no early birds on the sign because there's, there's no point. I mean, if we're not ready when we're ready to open or before we're ready to open, we just simply don't open and we make people wait. Um, and then if we are ready early, we let people in. Um, so, but I just hate this. Don't advertise no early birds all over your sale. If you are just going to relent to the person who shows up and begs you to let them in early, those are often the people who don't have any money to spend anyways. So it can be super annoying. Uh, number three, and this is a big one, are the career yard sailors. Those people who, often they are resellers like you and me, but they have yard sales every couple of weeks, all summer long with the same stuff. And they just keep putting out the same stuff over and over and over again and hoping that it will sell. Um, this, I guess, you know what, no harm, no foul. They're having their sale. And if they sell a few things every weekend, that's great. I think what frustrates me about these people, just from a business standpoint, is that their time is really better spent doing other things like sourcing. And I mean, all the things that I talk about on the podcast, than it is just sitting out in your backyard for seven hours every single Saturday to make 40 bucks. Like, why are you doing this? Your time is worth so much more and you could be doing so, so many more productive things. Um, but where these hosts start to get kind of annoying is how heavy they often go with their advertising. So in our area, anyway, 
Um, there's a few addresses that have these yard sales all the time and they just flood Craigslist and Facebook marketplace with their ads. So you'll go and you see like eight, 10, 12 ads for the same sale. And it's the same sale that they had three weeks ago, which is the same sale that they had three weeks before that. And it's like, guys, you're just cluttering up the feed and that drives me crazy. So the career yard sailors, Again, they're out there doing their thing and they have every right to do that thing. But um, it annoys me because I want to see new stuff and they never bring out new stuff. Number four is the person who doesn't price anything at their yard sale. They don't price anything at their yard sale. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes these people are awesome. Because you make a huge bundle and you just throw a dollar amount at them and you walk away with some fantastic bargains. But it's the person who prices nothing and then everything you ask about, they want to look it up on eBay before telling you what they want for it. (laughs) This drives me crazy. Take the time to price your stuff before you have your sale so that I have an idea of where you stand as I'm walking around your yard. Please, 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 please see this. And these Folks, they're obviously not professional resellers, so they don't know, nor should they be expected to know that just looking up what somebody is asking for something on eBay is not a guarantee that that's actually what it's worth in the market. Um, And so they inevitably give you some price that's like 10% lower than what the person is selling it for on eBay, and they think that's a comparable market price for their stuff. This is frustrating. You want to educate them. You want to help them out. Um, they don't want to hear it usually. And also it just takes a really long time to figure out your bundle with these people because they want to look up every single thing because they didn't want to put price stickers on their stuff, uh, before the sale. And I'm not really sure what the psychology is here. It could be just laziness. Like they don't feel like it or they didn't have the time to put pricing on, on everything. But, uh, I also think sometimes that it's just people who want to gauge what good stuff they have because they don't know. And so they want to see what kinds of things people are interested in. And then it gives them an idea of like what they could sell it for. And I think maybe they just pull that stuff back in and then try to sell it on eBay or something like that. Like they use it as like market research, you know? Um, So that can be frustrating, especially when you have spent a lot of time at a sale um, and you've put together a pile of things that you really like and, um, and then you end up not being able to buy it. This just happened to Johan a few weeks ago. I went to a sale and I think he told me this. I didn't go because I just, I can't, I can't even with yard sales anymore. And uh, he picked up a small pile of items and every single thing was like $100 to $300. And the guy was like, yeah, I looked that up. You know, it's worth 500 on eBay. People are selling it for 500 on eBay. And he's like, okay, um, no. Well, this also made me think of another one, which is not on my list. You get a bonus. Uh, you get a bonus. It's for, for uh, item 4.5 on the list um, are the people who uh, who don't actually want to sell anything. Like they have their sale and they tell you to come. The whole house is for sale. Everything in the house is for sale. And then you go and you're like, okay, how much for this? And they're like, oh, that's not for sale. And then you go, how about this? And they say, no, that's not for sale. And you go, how about this? And they say, no, that's not for sale. I don't know about you, but I have an incredible knack for finding all of the things in a house where everything is for sale that are not actually for sale. Like, I am really good at this. 
Um, and anyway, that's kind of a side thing, but that also drives me crazy. Like if you say everything is for sale, then everything is for sale. Like you can't walk things back. It's not fair. <laughs> this is just a rant. Uh, and number five, number five, that yard sale that really should have just been one carload to the value village. Do you ever show up at a sale and they're like moving sale, everything must go, uh, contents of house or, um, you know, I have to get rid of everything because I'm moving to Europe or whatever. And you go and, and there's like, there's like 11 items on a table. And then they're like, and I've also got like a bed and a dresser inside if you want to take a look at it. And you're like, like, you're just selling your pillows and used shoes and one bicycle and a couple of video games. And it's like, you could have just taken this to the donation center. Like, why are you sitting here all day trying to extract like 30 bucks out of your 11 items? I don't get it. Um, I have done an episode, I think, I think I have, or at least it's it comes up as a theme a lot in my episodes where I talk about people who do not value their time. And I've discussed this in the context of reselling and how to figure out what your time is worth um, and what kinds of activities you should be spending your time on in order to sort of uh, maximize that value. And these are definitely people who do not have any understanding of that concept at all. Um, now, hey, you know what? Some people have yard sales just to get to know their neighbors, just to, you know, have a barbecue with a few friends. We were at a sale um, this weekend where it was a pretty bad sale, but that's clearly what they were doing. They had a few neighbors get together and bring some things. They had a sale, then they had a, you know, they grilled some hot dogs and and had some wine on the boulevard. And I honestly love that kind of thing. Like, I think it's awesome for communities. And I think it's a cool, it's like having a yard sale is like a cool way to get to know your neighbors or, um, you know, reconvene with neighbors that you haven't talked to in a while. Um, but if your goal is to make money, please sell actual items at your sale, like more than 11 things. You need this in order to actually make the money. So people have yard sales for different reasons. I don't want to get into the psychology behind all of them, but these five categories of yard sale hosts are the ones that really bug me. And I told Johan, like I told him last weekend, I don't think I want to come out garage sailing in Vancouver anymore. I love it in other cities. It's so much better in other places. But in Vancouver, it is no longer fun. And every time I come with him and we go around 15 or 16 sales on a Saturday morning, I'm always like, you know, I probably should have just stayed home and done listing or made a podcast or literally just gone for a walk because this was a total waste of my time. <laughs> now, of course, he goes to a sale the next morning on Sunday morning and I don't go because I'm all jaded and he comes home with like a truck full of 80s vintage t-shirts that were given to him and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, of course. Of course you get the good stuff when I'm not around. So that's it. I need to be fired from, from sourcing at local yard sales because clearly I don't know how to find any good ones ever. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to give a little lighthearted episode this week and talk about some of those things. If you like this top five list uh, structure for episodes, please let me know because 
uh, there's a lot of ways that I could do this um, and do these top fives. They would make fun blog posts. They're Instagrammable. So like it could be really fun content um, to sort of mix in to some of my more like businessy and research focused stuff. Um, so please, if you like it, please tell me. And your call to action for this week is what kind of yard sale host drives you crazy? <coughs> Excuse me. Go to YouTube and leave a comment and let me know if you agree with my top five. If you would like to add to it or something else. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find that link at businessofreselling.com and like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at storage warrior podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. I am coughing because there's still smoke in the air as I record this. Um, and so um, it's, yeah, anyway, it's not good. Uh so don't forget, we are always buying. I want to mention this on episode, um, every episode I'm going to try to remember. We are always buying. We are always looking for new inventory. And clearly, I'm not that good at getting it in Vancouver. So um, if you hook us up with a great pick, either in the Pacific Northwest or British Columbia, we're willing to travel down to like as far as like Northern California or out towards Idaho um, for a great pick. Um, we'll definitely reward you. You will get some kind of gift from us if you hook us up with something good. So keep that in mind. If there's uh, if there's some great stuff and it's not your jam in our region, but you think it might be ours, make sure to reach out and let me know. Okay. Um, again, I uh, just want to wrap up and say, please consider donating to Wildfire Relief. Um, whether that is British Columbia, Northwest Territories, whether that is Maui, um, or anywhere else that is experiencing this type of tragedies. Um, if you can give, please do. I've put a link in the show notes, as well as the link to my appearance on the Get Thrifty podcast, which is another great one that I hope you will consider subscribing to. Okay, we will see you again in two weeks. I'll try to put out a couple of videos on YouTube before then, so make sure to like and subscribe. Bye. Bye.